show coming from the rec store Bet this back in the mac in the back flow Let's go chillin' with raccoons by the back door Take all so you can stake more All I wanna do is making door right But I found this crew and doing alright We wreck will bitch ready to fight So many raccoons ready for the boss life I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack lab from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack back from the stash app Black will take a lead in this haystack Oh, you know what? I gotta now cut the... Thank you. I just, you guys won't be able to hear me. Uh, you're too kind. Too kind. Uh, thank you. Okay. 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 Let's... Okay. Doctor's orders. Uh, apparently, I went, I went too hard on that last intro, and I, I pulled the old larynx muscle. So they they gave me some throat lozenges, and they said take it easy. Uh, I asked them if I'd ever be able to work again, and they kind of laughed at me like, "What I do isn't real work." I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I try to get surgical when I edit these. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just toss it over to Robo. I know he was really excited, Robo. How excited are you? Oh, hold on, hold on. Fuck. See, I'm fucking this up. These throat lozenges, I think, got fentanyl in them or something. Hold on. Today is Wednesday, the 24th of May, 2023, and this... <coughs> I'm sorry. This is your favorite U.S. breakfast crypto show. Rack FM. All right, Robo, over to you. How excited are you, Robo? Oh, dude, I'm really excited about this, actually, especially what's been happening over the last couple of weeks, you know. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a, a few yes or no questions to kick off, you know. <laughs> All right. And then we'll have a chat after that, yeah. That sounds great. All right, Brucey, I'll let you, I'll let you do your business, Bruce. I'll be free in a couple of seconds. No, Nero's, Nero's. Just get home safely. So, Ari, just tell me a little about yourself, man, a little about your background i know that you work to you used to work for the state department yeah 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 sure so i mean this is like this is my second career um and and this is kind of my why i i spent the first about decade of my professional life uh working for the u.s foreign service as a diplomat and i lived mostly in the middle east um, and I focus, you know, when you're in uh, like the foreign service in the U.S. or a, a foreign policy core, you're generally assigned to focus on a specific subject or issue area. And mine, for the most part, was economics. So I got to see like real time um, how countries do a good job and a bad job uh, <laughs> developing an economy and you know helping make a system more accessible and more equitable to everyone inside of the economy, whether you're, you know, some small private sector entrepreneur trying to make a living for yourself and people who live nearby, or like a very, you know, important business person 
uh, with a lot of access, with significant access to capital. Um, and, and like, that's why I wanted to get involved because I wanted to, you know, at, the, at that time, I believed that the right way to make the world a better place uh, was by helping develop, um, you know, state institutions that can bring transparency and, and equality to everyone. And let's just say that after about a decade of, of that, I decided it was time to move on. I had gotten a, you know, I, I really respect people who still do it, but I, I was ready to, to move to the private sector and to do something where I felt like I had a more uh, visible impact in a shorter period of time where something is, you know, outcome oriented instead of process oriented. Um, and that's when I found crypto. And like, I have to be completely honest, in 2017, you know, everyone has their own entrance to, to crypto. Usually it's with Bitcoin. And I heard about Bitcoin in December of 2017. It was just about $20,000. Um, I was at a Christmas party with a friend and he was like, yeah, Bitcoin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep on going up. And I was like, dude, this is such a scam. It's a pyramid scheme. This sounds ridiculous. Um, of course, it's going to collapse. And then like two months later, it did collapse, right? It, it went down from about 20, I think, what, all the way down to four or three thousand dollars. And um, I remember feeling really proud of myself, like, oh, yeah, clearly I knew what I was talking about when, of course, I didn't. And then it was only, unfortunately, it wasn't in 2017 or 2018, but only in 2020 during COVID when I had time to sit down and really study, like, what is Bitcoin and what is the problem it's trying to solve and how does it work? And I was just fascinated by the technology, um, the its promise, right? It's narrative. It has a few different narratives, but I was really interested in a few of them. And then from there, I started to learn about Ethereum and everything being built in that ecosystem. And, and at that point, I knew, like, this is what I wanted to do next. And, like, this is where I really wanted to spend my time because I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, um, but we're not building for two or three years now. We're building for, you know, two or three decades. Like, we believe in a more just and transparent economy where everyone has I can't say equal, right, but more equal access to the same types of resources, no matter where you are in the world, no matter who you are, all you need is a phone and an internet connection. And that is just so amazing. And kind of tying that back to my original career, and I'll, I'll, I'll end here, I mean, crypto has the ability and the promise to do what governments have been spending billions of dollars for decades trying to do, just more efficiently, more equitably, more fairly, um, and much faster. Like, do I think we're there yet? No, <laughs> there's clearly a lot of work. And, um, you know, it, it's during a time like this in crypto winter when you know, people are keeping their heads down and building. Um, and happy to talk about that, about, you know, what we're building at Zango. But that's a little background about myself, my why. And, you know, thank you for, for the opportunity to chat today. No, oh, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you on, Ari. Thank you for that background story. And it brings me brings me into the next question of like how how did you meet the team? How did you how did you get involved with the project? Yeah. Um so like I think you know a lot of people have similar experiences where you don't you don't know what non-custodial means. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> what any of this is. And I just knew I wanted to buy Bitcoin. And it's right, this was like back in 2020, 2021. I learned that you can buy it on an exchange and then you have to leave it somewhere. And I, at that point, wasn't sure what a crypto wallet was, but I knew that I needed one that was relatively simple 
and safe and easy to use. Um, and I Googled and I found Zengo. And to be completely honest, I was a happy customer first. I, I found it. I downloaded it. I moved my Bitcoin there. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. Um, I wonder if they have jobs. And at that time, I had started to look for a job in the crypto space. Um, and long story short, I connected with the CEO. Um, at that time, right, this raised a Series A, right? Zengo's VC backed. We raised a Series A of about $20 million um, to some big players like Samsung's Venture Capital Incubator, um, Insight Partners, which is a big, C in New a big VC in New York City. Um, and they, they, they were just starting to build a marketing team. So we'll fast forward to today. I've been at Zengo for about 18 months, um, you know, joined maybe near the peak of the last crypto summer. And uh, we've, we've been riding this, this wave all the way down through the crypto winter, uh, but building the entire time. And I didn't really understand when I started working at Zengo how truly different it is as a crypto wallet and how much better it is and, and how it works. And Give me some time to to sit with our story team, our research team, and, and learn. And you know, that's one of the things I'm happy to discuss today. And we can talk about Zango and MPC technology and compare that a little bit to to what's going on right with hardware wallets and with software wallets and, and all of these things. But that's the that's the short Absolutely. answer. Absolutely, we, we, <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ari. We're gonna get into that. I'm gonna let Robo. Robo handle all the technical questions. He's been really looking forward to this space. So he's he's been well he's well prepared. <laughs> so what about what about the makeup of the team, Brucey? Uh, what's the makeup of the team like? Yeah, uh, the team at Zengo. So we've got about what well, I think we're about forty people at this stage. Like I said, we're 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 VC backed, so we had a big raise, and that was able to help us really grow, right? So the marketing team, when I joined, was just like one person. Now we're, I think, six, six or seven people. Um, of course, like in a startup like this, you've got a few different teams within the company, right? We have the marketing team. I'm the head of communications. I've got uh, some great colleagues on the team. A shout out to, I think, Crypto Kimmy, who's on this call with me. She's uh, joined us maybe six months ago. She's building out our community. She's running a lot of awesome projects that we're, that we're launching. Um, and then we also have our product team working on the, the product itself. Um, and kind of with the product team, a big development team that's working on right, all of the front and back end. But I think something that's a little different with Zengo um, is we also have a research team that's led by our CTO, our co-founder and, and chief technology officer, um, because we do a lot of deep research, not just into our own wallet and how we can make it better, but also what's going on in the ecosystem. And our research team often publishes uh, really cool reports on you know, hacks that it's found or vulnerabilities in other wallets or in other processes. Um, we responsibly, of course, disclose that information to whatever company or, or institution has an issue. And then, of course, we usually co-publish them to, to, to make the industry better. Because at the end of the day, at this stage, right, we're all building together, right? We're all committed to building a, a safer, more secure, self-custodial future. And um, because we're still such a small industry, we have to help each other. Right? It, it, it's too soon to start fighting. <laughs> so um, that's I've really enjoyed working with the research team because I don't I'm not a technical guy. I've learned a lot, but um, I learn many things from them every single month. 
We actually just received a grant from the Ethereum Foundation focused on, um, uh, let's see, transactions. And um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit later, but um, our research team had announced maybe two months ago that they found some wallets who were implementing transaction simulation incorrectly, right? So it's also not just about what we're building now, but what we as an ecosystem are going to be building in the next few months and securely. securely. That's awesome, Harry. Robo, are you going to take it from here? Yes, mate, on my, uh, on my screen, it looked like Ari was still talking, so I didn't know if he was still going or not. Oh, he's I think done. it must be just a, <laughs> a little mic thing that we have here. Yeah, Twitter does this little like live mic thing when you're not really live, you know. Uh, so Ari, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I want to talk about you guys and your, uh, your project and your potential, et cetera, et cetera, what you've already done. A uh, couple of like, yes or no kind of questions for you, though. Before this situation with uh, Ledger uh, last week, uh, was Zengo still like a better wallet before the what we saw last week? Yeah, still a better, <laughs> a better option, was it? Um, I I would argue yes. Um, but can I can I can I expand or is this just yes or no time? <laughs> oh no, we're, we're, well we're going to come back to them all. This is just to get a fail for it, you know. Okay, uh, sounds good. You personally, do you think Ledger will ever come back? I know they put the brakes on it now. Uh, do you think Ledger will ever come back, or do you think they've maybe destroyed some trust there with the community? Ugh. I'm not. Look, clearly they destroyed trust with some of their their core users who have been with them for a long time. And um, you know, one of the things that you you, you really want to be careful that you do with a you know your your main base is to to not let them feel like they've been betrayed or surprised, um, especially the ones that have been with you. I think. It seems as though they're they're being very responsive to the questions and the worries of their community. Right? I, I know they announced that they're pausing the updated firmware release for now until they can open source at least more of the material. I think you know directionally, and this might actually be surprising. Um, our CEO said this too. You know, directionally, they're right. Right. So they they do actually acknowledge. A big problem with the industry right now is just that fundamentally, we disagree on the solution. We have a very different approach than Ledger does, um, and that most self-custodial wallets do. Um, one thing that I would also say is like there's no perfect solution. Every solution has trade-offs, right? Positives and negatives. So especially when it comes to self-custody, it's on us, right? As a consumer or as a user. To understand what those trade-offs are before you commit to a system, so you know how to accurately uh, respond to those different trade-offs when they come. I mean, I think the biggest shock that came to many was this unexpected surprise that, and our CTO wrote an article about this this week. You know, these aren't hardware wallets; they're firmware wallets. We just call them hardware wallets, and you know, the hardware wallet companies have succeeded in making this narrative that they're so much more secure because there's this secure enclave or there's this, you know, special chip that doesn't allow it to send anything out of it. And what we realized was, well, that's not actually true. If you change the firmware, it can do that. Um, and so while it's unclear if that was, you know, a lie that the companies were perpetuating or if it was simply a misunderstanding that, no one 
was actively trying to correct, I don't know. Like, I really don't know that. Um, but I think that's a big part of the discussion right now. Brilliant, dude. Brilliant. And these are just a bit of a precursor for what's coming uh, later in the interview, you know. Uh, it's, this one's like a double kind of, you know, yes or no question. Uh, are you guys the only people uh, using the uh, the MPC technology? And secondly, have you guys got uh, patents on any kind, of, any kind of tech like that? Those are great questions. Um, so the first, the first answer is no, we're not the only ones who use MPC. Um, however, we are the first to offer MPC at the um, retail level, right? The consumer level, someone like you and me. Um, MPC, for those who are listening who don't know what it stands for, it stands for multi-party computation. And I'm sure we can jump into what that, that means and how it works. It's been around for a number of years. For the most part, it's only been at the institutional level. Right, so there's this very large company called Fireblocks. They use MPC to help custody, I mean, billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of crypto assets. Coinbase recently announced, right, they're making wallets as a service and they're using MPC for the technology for that. But we were actually the pioneers when it came to MPC, specifically for retail, right? So we've been around as a company. We were founded in 2018, but we didn't actually ship or, or launched the first version of our, our product of, of Zengo until 2019, because we spent the first year just building out the, the tech and the, the cryptography in the background. Um, MPC isn't easy. And that's why we can, you know, we always hear, oh, Team X is launching a new wallet. Team Y is launching a new wallet. They're all the same wallets, right? They're all based on the same seed phrase vulnerability, private key. People aren't launching MPC wallets because it's just a lot more work. Um, we do have the world's largest open source MPC um, cryptographic library that we host on our GitHub. People can see it, you know, go to zengo.com slash research. If you're interested, you can find it there. We also um, run a Telegram channel just for MPC focused cryptographers. I think we have like 900 people on that channel. Um, so the, the, to, to wrap it up, right, it's, we're not the first to use MPC. It is being used at the institutional level, but we are the first and the longest standing MPC retail wallet, um, right? We launched that in 2019. We have now over 800,000 users around the world. Oh, and on your second question, we actually do have a few patents. Um, I'm not sure the status of them officially. I think we're about to put that information on our website or we have it in one or two places. I'm happy to, to find out and circle back uh, later on if you'd like to learn more. Oh, of course. How do you know what is? I just just put it out there, you know, just to get a feel for like the company. I mean, you you said you were based in uh, Tel Aviv, and uh, the minute I kind of saw that, I was like, well, that figures because it's like the center of uh, security software on planet Earth, right? Yeah, right. it it's a. Uh, I, I sit across from the research team, and they're just. They're so brilliant. <laughs> um, and I feel very stupid whenever I try to understand what they're saying to each other. And sometimes they're, they're nice and they you know, dumb it down for me. <laughs> um, but actually our CTO, Tal, um, he comes from like three decades in the cybersecurity space. And his last company um, that I, he founded and then he sold to Microsoft was also in this space. So like uh, security and research and this type of technology is very deep in Zengo's DNA. Does it amaze you, Ari, when you, when you look at crypto and you see all these people worried about their liquidity pool positions and ARBs and then 
paying no bloody attention to security in the background? Does it like frustrate you? Like, it like does. to me, security yes. has to be number one above everything, right? In crypto, yeah. I have to say it it is incredibly frustrating um, because, uh, and I understand why, right? But there's this mental model even today, even after everything that's happened with hardware wallets, right, with Ledger, that like the only that the gold standard for self custody and security is a hardware wallet, um, and it, maybe now we we can talk for a minute about why that it, why we disagree with that, and the fundamental question is. Is there a single point of failure in your system, in any system, right? And if there's a single point of failure, then it will inherently be less secure than a system that has backups or has multiple, you know, uh, foundational pillars. A seed phrase is a single point of failure. And what our our CTO likes to say is, ironically, there's this massive conflict with the seed phrase because it's used both A, to secure your crypto, but B, it's also used to recover your crypto. So the same thing that you're trying to secure your asset with, you're also trying to recover. So what does that that mean? It means that from a security perspective, I don't want this seed phrase anywhere. I don't want it anywhere because if it gets somewhere, somebody can steal my seed phrase. Right. But from a recovery perspective, because this is the only way to recover my crypto, I actually want my seed phrase everywhere. Right. Because if I lose it or if I write it down incorrectly and it gets smudged or whatever happens, then I can't recover my assets. And by having a system with a single point of failure, like a seed phrase, you end up with this conflict that is irreconcilable. And so when I say that like Ledger was directionally correct, they were, they have finally admitted that seed phrases are a problem. And now they want to charge you $10 a month to try to fix it. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I mean, I'm trying to be like, I'm trying to be diplomatic. I used to be a diplomat. Fine. I, I respect that they're trying to fix the problem, but the issue is that fundamentally they're not fixing the seed phrase vulnerability issue. Now let's, Compare and contrast that for a second with MPC. Sorry, I'll let you with, with what they're doing at the moment, right? Are they like just trying to like plug the, you know, the hole in the boat with their finger at the minute and then another hole is going to come out? Or is that what they're doing? Yeah, it's not a permanent fix, right? Well, I look, I would argue that any system that has a single point of failure will always inherently not be secure by default, right? And every time you go on another Twitter space and people are talking about the 15 ways to secure your crypto, right? And the 21 things that you should do to secure your crypto. Like humans make mistakes. We make mistakes. My mother, God bless her, is going to make mistakes. Do I want her to have a self-custodial wallet with a seed phrase? Hell no. It's irresponsible. It's irresponsible to onboard billions of people right? It's not happening yet, but it will, to this ecosystem when the system that you're onboarding them to is not secure by default, right? Like, because what, what, what are we building at Zengo? We're not just building a wallet for next week or for next year, right? I'm building and I'm part of this company and we're spending a lot of time and research and effort on this because in a few years from now, your wallet is going to be the way for you to secure your identity. Right. As AI makes more things that are fake and we don't know what's true and what's not true, people will be certifying and signing with their wallet. So you know that this actually came from Ari. 
So that's really, really important. Um, I love I love that already you're talking about identity because just below you, I always just dropped out the room. We've got a Matt from Czech who are doing things like the ZK creds, mm. uh, which is all about like self-sovereign identity and stuff. Like this is like music to my ears here. You're talking about this sort of stuff, you know. You look, are totally I'm, correct, though. I'm, I'm very excited, and I, like it's it's still very early, right? I, I think we're going to see. Uh, this is just my opinion, right? But I think in the elections in the United States in 2024, we're going to see a lot of deep fake videos that people don't know are actually deep fakes. It's going to cause a lot of confusion. And crypto, we as an ecosystem will be able to provide solutions. They won't be ready for this election, unfortunately. I doubt it but they definitely will be in the coming years. And the crypto wallet that you have is going to be a way for you to sign that you are who you say you are. So this is like really fundamentally important when we're building the, the society of the future. The other example I like to give is a mortgage, right? At some point, NFTs aren't just going to be what they are now, but they will represent massive assets, massive amounts of hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars worth of value, of real world physical value, do you want to put all of that in your wallet with a seed phrase when the seed phrase can get lost, stolen, misplaced? Like, I actually, I have a question for you. I'd like you to guess in the last 10 years, how much Bitcoin has been lost or stolen because of seed phrase mismanagement? Just Bitcoin. I'm not talking about ETH or oh, NFTs or anything. I read, I read that the day. I read, oh shit, it's quite a lot, isn't it? It's like, is it 130 billion or something? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, an estimated 100 billion. And that's assuming Bitcoin at $40,000, right? Which is not very ridiculous. <laughs> so when you think about the long term, you know, I believe it's going to be much higher. So clearly the system that's default for most people right now is broken. This is why we built Zengo. Right. This is what we're, we're working towards. And I, and I recognize it will take time for people to expand their mental models of self-custody and to understand what MPC is and how it works. And people have lots of questions. And I had lots of questions, too. I totally respect that. I guess my goal is simply for people to start asking these questions. And if there are debates, I welcome debates. Right. No system is perfect for everyone. Some people will always have their ledger. Some people will always have their own node. And they'll buy a separate computer and they'll air gap that computer, right? And then that's fine, right? But I'm, 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 I'm talking about what I'm going to use and what my mom's going to use and what my friends are going to use and probably what most of the people in this room are going to be using in the decades ahead. Correct. Yeah, I love, I love software wallets. Me, I'm obsessed with them. I, I hate uh, what, what, what we'll call them firmware. But the very thought of having everything on a ledger that could just be either lost, stolen, you could be pushed in a swimming pool. I mean, it's like... a Worries the shit out of me. Right, Ari. Uh, okay, so MPC. Uh, I read up about it, and obviously some of the audience, you know, might might not be up to speed or whatever. Uh, I get the general concept of it's like split between the two entities, uh, the user and your kind of servers, right? Would it, Ari, tell me how is your how are your servers not like an attack vector then? Or like, how, how do your backups work? Or could, can you just talk me through how that, like, how that process at your end works? Because I kind of get the end user, where it's stored, how it's stored. But what about you guys? What, what security is in place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe what I'll do, and we can go back and forth a little bit. I'm going to intentionally answer with simple answers 
just so we can start to build out this uh, mental model. And then you can push back and we can kind of go deeper as we go back and forth. So for those who are listening who haven't heard of what MPC is, again, it stands for multi-party computation. It's essentially ensuring that you have something that represents what a seed phrase would do, but instead of having it in one place, you have more than one part. So Zango has a two out of two model. Other systems could have two out of three, three out of three, right? Three out of five. Um, you know, if you use a multi-signature system, right? Some people have multi-sig wallets and two of those three wallets have to sign. What I won't get, it, conceptually, it's, quite, it's similar, but there is no seed phrase. There is no private key. Instead, when you generate what we call secret shares, the shares together combined mathematically represent the same thing as what a private key would do. So when you're going to sign a transaction, using an MPC wallet, the blockchain doesn't know it's coming from, from an MPC wallet versus a traditional wallet with the seed phrase, right? So it's, it's um, chain agnostic and the blockchain doesn't know. What do I mean by chain agnostic? It also supports any chain, right? So MPC wallets like Zengo have support for Bitcoin and for Ethereum, right? And Polygon and other chains like uh, Dogecoin and Tezos, et cetera. We can support, you know, we announced we'll be supporting Solana in the future as well. Um, which is great because some of these other solutions don't do that. So what happens when you're downloading Zengo and you're setting up your, your, your Zengo as a, as a user? So as you're going through the onboarding process and you start to create your wallet, you press a button and two secret shares are simultaneously yet independently created. One is on your wallet and it's called your personal share. And one is on the Zengo server that's just yours, right? It's not like one massive share, it's, it's for you and it's called the remote share. And the two are then tied and encrypted and cryptographically linked in a way in which if somebody tried to do some sort of attack or inject some malicious code during a transmission, the system would know it would shut down and it wouldn't support any attempted transaction. Another thing about this, which is just brilliant, which our security team developed, when you create your personal share, there are two really important points. It's the stronger share. It's the only share that can actually initialize a transaction or sign a transaction. The remote share, the share on the Zengo server, is just there to support and to ping, um, but it can't do anything on its own. The second thing is your Zengo MPC wallet is, makes use of the secure enclave on your iPhone or uh, it's called the T, T-E-E, on your Android device, which means that we're actually using your phone's secure hardware um, in order to sign transactions. And it also means that your wallet is, your Zengo wallet is tied to this specific phone. And so if somebody tried to copy it, somehow they got access to your phone and to move it somewhere else, the system would know and it wouldn't work. And actually, Certic, a, a very well-respected uh, research team, recently externally audited us they didn't, we didn't know they were going to do it. They were trying to find um, any potential uh, vectors in our system that would allow for malicious attackers. And based on their uh, conclusions, like even if you had zero day uh, software from you know, an evil government trying to hack your phone, you wouldn't be able to access or steal your MPC, your, your Zengo wallet. So it's like really, really brilliant. <clears throat> I think I'll stop there just to make sure that you know, that was clear and let me know if you have any questions.
Oh no, dude! I'm. Uh, I've set a couple of wallets up already, and I've read up about it. I'm just. I just like, you know, anybody coming in the room, maybe a little bit late, they might hear these like uh, acronyms or abbreviations. So, so essentially, Ari, we we get the idea of we've got these two separate entities, uh, but the entity that's actually with the user is the only one that can like initiate uh, any signing of transactions, etc. Right? Uh, you've you've also got this like a uh, three FA recovery. Right yeah. for your use, yeah. That I that I did today. First thing I will say is your three D facial recognition uh, is probably the best I've used because when I've been trying to do the facial recognition for like centralized exchanges and stuff, sometimes it's took like two days to be able to get a you know the picture to be able to like be acceptable. Yours <laughs> and I really like the how it like makes it anonymous. Your Facial recognition went through in like like five seconds, you know. Thanks. So actually, I want to make a point about that because people, I recognize like people are very privacy conscious. We are too. Um, we do not do KYC for you, right? When you go through this process, what we're essentially doing is locking your Zango wallet to you, right? Bio uh, to your like facial bio signature in a way in which if an attacker was trying to steal your wallet or steal your assets. They wouldn't be able to because in order to be successful, you would actually have to be in the room, standing in front of the wallet, doing the recovery process with them. Not like that's possible, but that is incredibly unlikely. And um, my favorite stat to share, now's probably the best time to share it. I actually I like I'd like to ask you what you think the, the answer is. So we have what about 800,000 users. We've been around since 2019. How many Zengo wallets based on our recovery system? have been hacked or taken over since the company was founded? Not, not one. Absolutely not one. And I know that answer for a fact. Yeah. Not one. <laughs> I mean, you launched in 2019, but I think your you better and stuff was out 2018, right? So you're like exactly. nearly five years in the game, yeah? Yeah. And compare that to every day. Like even hardware wallets get drained, right? Because it's not just the hardware. It's the seed phrase and it's where that seed phrase is being stolen, uh, being stored. I was going to say stolen, right? It, it goes back to, is the system that you're setting up default secure or do you have to do A and B and C and D as a human where humans make mistakes in order to make sure that you don't accidentally leak something that shouldn't be leaked? That's the real question. Also, Ari, I think one of the important points is as well to mention on this, how I mean, how many like uh, you know, top level people in crypto? But I know of like several founders and that of like major protocols and that who've been been like hacked, drained. This is not like it's not like it's just plebs like us who get like targeted. It's like people who should know fucking better, right? No, absolutely. That's such a good point. Um, like actually, our CEO was talking to a, another uh, founder in the crypto space, like a really brilliant person, um, who. This was it must have been like a month and a half ago, had their wallet drained. And we were trying to find out why and like how and what. And, and of course, it wasn't a Zengo wallet. It was actually a hardware wallet. The person accidentally downloaded a new version of the software and it was fake software. It was phishing software. And so they were told, like, put in your private keys or put in your seed phrase in order to, to set it up. They put it in. I think a minute or two later, their, their assets were stolen. So they're. There are so many things that you have to do just to not get your stuff stolen from you with what is considered to be today by most people, the gold standard of secure self-custody. And that's what's the most frustrating thing for me. 
<laughs> right. I think it, so, I think it's changing, but it's you know it's with Zengo. With Zengo, the opposite would be you have to go to the Play Store to update your app, right? There wouldn't be any like firmware updates to, to a hardware wallet or anything. It's like literally go and update your app, and that's that's it, right? Exactly. You straight the, to the customer. The only way that uh, you know that a user or for Zengo can update their app is by going to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And I don't know if there are people who are listening who have developed a, an app before or a product, um, but getting those through these stores, especially Apple, is not easy, especially in the crypto space. Like, um, the they review these products very closely. It's kind of like an additional layer of audits every time we release a new version of the product. Um, because they want to be very careful about what's actually getting to the hands of users. Now, I will say, we have started to see more phishing attempts, even for Zengo, right? It, it's just increasing in the industry. So people are now responding to emails that are not from the Zengo.com email address. And um, in some instances, people are being requested to download Zengo from random websites. And I think, you know, this is probably obvious to everyone here, but it's worth saying, like, never download any software unless it's through an official source, because otherwise you don't know what it is. And it's probably, you know, it's probably not trustworthy. Well, Ari, the interesting thing about that is if you want to do any like unauthorized APKs or whatever, you've actually got to go in and physically turn that setting uh, off. Oh, oh, I can't remember if you turn it off or on, but to be able to like just put it and, you know, download an APK, you physically got to go in and say, yes, I know this is dangerous. I want to do it. And actually the new Android, I think Android 12, what it does is it gives you like this big warning and you mm. can't click on the button to go past the warning for about 10 seconds. Mm, you know, those good. like 10 second warning things where you have to read it. Yeah. That's brilliant because I think it is getting worse in the industry in general. And I think it will continue to get worse. Um, you know, now that it's just so much easier to produce anything quickly with AI, this will be a new attack factor from scammers, you know, in general. Wouldn't you have to be a kind of certain kind of idiot, though, to have a wallet like Zengo that you know how it works and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, available through the, you know, the iTunes store or, you know, Play Store, and then you go and click a link to update your wallet from a, a random place. I mean, you'd have to be a special kind of idiot, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, look, so, okay, so to clarify, it wouldn't be to update. It's usually somebody who's like, you know, heard of Zengo and then they, you know, want to download it for the first time ever. Um, I think that it's still very small that this happens, but in my mind, even one person that ends up getting scammed is one too many. So <laughs> we're really focused on like educating the community and sharing any story that we hear. Um, one of the things I didn't mention earlier is the nice thing about Zengo is we have 24-7 live customer support. We have a customer support team around the world that's always answering. So they're also... You know, support is not just about, hey, like, how do I send this or receive this or, you know, where's my wallet address? What does that mean? They're also at the front lines. They see what's going on. We've had people with competitor wallets come to us on support and ask for help <laughs> with those competitor wallets um, just because they know that we're around and we're responsive. But it is nice in that we do get to see, you know, the trends as soon as they start breaking as opposed to hearing about them later on on social media just to clarify the 24 7 support because i had a good look at that today actually uh i've been playing around all day that's quite unique isn't it uh because i know i i have used other support sections and 
it's taken like 12, 14, 16 hours for a human to actually get back, you know, it's oh, quite gosh. unique. And- yeah, um, it's it's like the support team is great. You know, when I joined Zengo, um, I was, you know, required to spend a good two weeks getting trained on support. Um, so I don't do that anymore, but um, I understand how it works. I understand what the questions are. Um, our CEO even spends time on support too, because he really cares. Like it supports a, when you're trying to build a sustainable, responsible product that will be around for many years, especially in an industry that's new, like support and understanding your users is one of the most, if not the most important thing to do, right? So we spend a lot of time um, and resources building out our support team. You're right, especially compared to others where maybe that you can't chat with someone, it's just an email and you have to wait for somebody to send you an email in response, which you know is nice, but it's frustrating if you need help relatively quickly. I think our wait time on support right now is like two and a half minutes. <laughs> Jesus, Bruce is not even any support on bloody Cosmos wallets, right? Yeah, never mind a two minute wait, Bruce, yeah? <laughs> ah, he knows. I, uh, Ari, okay, a few interesting things. So the three FA, uh, just to clarify with everybody, the first step of the FA is your email address verification. The second step is the uh, 3D uh, facial recognition that we've spoken about that I think is exceptional, especially how it's anonymous, how you guys don't even see the pictures. It's, you know, through cryptography. It's amazing. And there's also uh, a Google Drive backup if you're on Android, if you're on Apple, like a specific particular folder. Is that correct? It's like the third part of it, right? No, that's excellent. Have- so, yeah, let's spend a minute on the recovery process because this is a really important part of the process, which, by the way, we offer for free, <laughs> right? We're not going to charge our users. Uh, you know, $10 a month just to be able to recover their, their assets if, you know, and it's, first of all, recovery can be for a stressful reason, but it can also be a great reason, right? Like maybe you're just upgrading your phone to a new phone. Maybe you're switching. This is a great story. Uh, my partner was switching from Android to Apple, and it can actually be really stressful moving ecosystems from one to the other. The recovery process was so simple. It took like 30 seconds and it was the easiest part of the entire process. So, you know, it can be very stressful, like your phone gets lost or stolen, but it can also just be you're just upgrading to a, to a different device. So with a traditional wallet, how do you recover? You need to find your seed phrase, right? And you plug in your seed phrase and hopefully you had the seed phrase somewhere and then, you know, you can find it and then you can store it again. So with Zango, we have three FA, three factor authentication for recovery. And like I said, you know, earlier on, it's important to understand the limits of every system. So for our system, you need all three factors to recover your wallet. If you do not have all of these three factors, you will not be able to recover your assets, right? So that's really important to note. And now I'll explain a little bit about the factors. The first is you need access to your email address. Um, it can be, you know, yours, like, you know, my ariatzango.com. It can also be non-nominative. I don't care. We don't care who you are, right? So you can use one that doesn't expose you know, any personal you know, information or your name, but just make sure you have access to that email address always. You can also add a backup email address. So we do support redundancy in the system. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what we call a recovery file. And this recovery file is stored in your cloud. Uh, by default, it's stored in iCloud if you have an Apple device. It's stored in Google Drive if you have an Android device. Um, and you can add 
backups, right? So on Apple, you can also add the file um, on Google Drive and you can add it on Dropbox. Um, on Android, you could also add it on Dropbox. This file is not your um, secret share. So even if a hacker were somehow able to get access to this file, it would be completely useless to them. I can go into more detail later if you're interested in what this is, but the important point worth noting, like even if somebody somehow were able to hack your cloud, it doesn't matter. The hacker can't do anything with it. And then the third part is of the- the Is that the cryptography part of it, Ari, is it? Exactly, is that so it's the decryption key to your encrypted secret share. Right, so it would basically like let's say you you're, you're recovering your you know what I'll I'll come back to this in a minute. It, I know I get what you mean. Yeah, it, it's the decryption key, but you need the other part to be able to use the decryption side of it, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So basically, like let's say you you know you you get a new phone. Congratulations, you want to put Zengo onto your phone. So you sign in, you know, download Zengo. You you put in your email address. Zengo will tell you, oh, wait, we recognize you. You've been here before. Awesome. Um, let's recover your account. The second thing it will do is find this recovery file. Okay, great. Now you need to prove you are who you say you are, and it, it's actually you. So that's when we use 3D face lock, right? Which is, like you said, a liveness, biometric selfie scan of your face. It's not just an image. It's not a static image. It actually looks how your face moves in 3D. Um, this technology is some of the most advanced in the world. It's used by a few Fortune, fi Fortune 500 companies, and it in of itself has a $600,000 bounty that nobody's been able to crack, right? So it's like really Ooh, legit. What, that, it's, got a, it's got a 600K bounty and no one's been able to crack it yet. Correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. They, actually, they raised it because, you know, they want to try to attract more people to it and it's, been, <laughs> it's too hard. Um, yeah. And... What that does is biometrically ties your Zango account to you, right? So even if somehow somebody was able to get access to your phone um, or access to your cloud, all of these things, and they were trying to recover your, your Zango wallet, in order to do so, they would have to be able to pass the 3D face lock system that is essentially unhackable, right? Nothing, nothing is 100%. But we built a system where you need all three factors that are relatively orthogonal or separate from each other. And what it, I mean, look, the numbers speak for themselves, right? This is a system that has no password, that you can't mess up on your own, even if you tried, that's easy to recover, and that no one has been able to hack. Right, so I it actually, is possible. <laughs> I, I thought I would test this a little bit today. Well, not test it, but... Uh... We, uh, we do share an account, uh, Rack FM. Uh, obviously, we've got like the YouTube and a few other things. We have got like a shared email, a shared drive, you know, where we can all jump in and out. And I was like, do you know something? I'm just going to sign up for like this wallet with the Rack FM account because I can, I can have that as the email. They've got access to the email. Uh, they've got access to the drive. So they've got the third part, but they haven't got mine. And like, I'm like, well, they can't do anything without my face. It, like, as hard as they might try, they can't get in that wallet, whatever they want to do, right? Even yeah. though they've got like two out, two out of the three, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why, that, that's why we're a big fan, fans of this system and, and, and how it works. Because, you know, nothing's perfect, but this system is at least an order of magnitude in terms of recovery more secure than everything else on the market. And that includes hardware wallets. But you've, you've also went one step further. And I really like this as well, and I was really into this today. Uh, clear sign. 
mm. clear signs your uh, your DAP browser firewall that you've got. So you're not just looking after the users in regards to recovery, uh, not worrying about you know the, the loss of seed phrases or the seed phrases being compromised, but you've also put an extra layer of added security in for when people are you know browsing DAPs on your browser. You've got a, a, a browser firewall called a clear sign. Is that yeah, correct? You- uh, sir, you've really done your research. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, we want to create a system that is default secure. And for years, the most important part of that system was long-term storage for your Bitcoin. Right. This is before Ethereum and all these other um, assets were created. So it was just about storing your Bitcoin and being able to recover it. And we used MPC for that instead of seed phrases because it's so much more secure. But now there's this whole new layer inside of the ecosystem, which is transactions, right? It's Web3, it's dApps, it's sending and receiving NFTs, it's staking, right? It's lending, it's you know, being a degen and going the DeFi way. And the problem is, whenever you approve something in Web3, you usually don't know what you're actually approving, right? I think I'd like you to guess how much money was stolen in 2022 um, from wallets where the users signed and approved the transaction that resulted in them getting uh, drained. How much money do you think was stolen? I'm just trying to think because I, I know the overall figure. It, I mean, the wallets, it must, be, it must be bordering on probably towards about three to four, 500, 500 million at least. Oh, okay. Let's add another zero or two. So it's like about $4 billion. <laughs> What, wait a minute, just from wallets or from the yeah. entire crypto? In, in, in 2022, from anything related to Web3 hacks, from... Ah, okay. I thought you meant just wallets. Sorry, dude. I was thinking like just on the wallet level. Okay, yeah. So, but these, these are transactions that people approved because they didn't understand um, what they were signing. Right. And so like, it, wow. it, at this point, we, other people are starting to provide other solutions too, but we were the first wallet to actually include a built-in Web3 firewall. And that's essentially what ClearSign is, right? We, we tell you, green, this is fine. Yellow, we're not sure. Red, this is probably a wallet drainer. You know, you're, you're about to approve to an EOA. You're, you're about to send all of your assets to a private address. You're not interacting with a smart contract. Be careful. And that's saved our users a lot. And even um, you know, there's always a balance in security design between warning people all of the time and also you know, allowing them to do what they want. Because if every time a user takes an action, it's a warning, they're going to stop paying attention to the warnings, right? So, so Ari, you're, you're doing something that like my web two browser does. Now, my question for you would be what you're doing makes perfect sense to me. Why do I not have this with Trust Wallet? Or why do I not have this with like, why why is it only Zengo that have this like firewall uh dot browser system like considering that like when i go on my web 2 browser on whatever i've got that protection but i haven't got it on anything else except Zengo. you're right i don't know that's a great question that's a great question for them <laughs> look i think people will be building more of this in over time um we haven't been shilling ourselves in public maybe as much as we should be uh, we've been really heads down building out this security infrastructure. Um, and over time, I, I think that the numbers will speak for themselves, right? We, we're seeing a lot more interest. Um, every time there's a big security upset in the ecosystem, 
But I think, unfortunately, people are just comfortable with whatever the standard go-to is, right? So it takes time to educate a market and to learn more. Um, look, I don't know if I don't know how old you are, right? So I'll just tell you, I w- I grew up during like the beginning of the internet. <laughs> I'm not too old, but like I remember AOL, right, and Netscape, and like those were the first versions of consumer applications during the early days of the internet. But they're not around anymore, right? Now you've got Google, Facebook, all of these like Web two companies. So right now we're still relatively early in crypto. The people who have a lot of attention and use are there because they were just the default. And so that's just what people recommend. That's what uh, friends use. And so the way that these systems work in, in any, in any um, industry, they're less incentivized to innovate. Um, and so what's going to happen as some of the newcomers, and I guess you know we, we started in 2018, 2019, we're relative newcomers, even though we've been around for five years. We are so committed to out-innovating other people in the space, to really building towards what needs to exist, not just today or tomorrow, right, but 10 years from now, that I think the market will and already is starting to recognize that. So I think what, you, I think what you're saying there is you're a bit of a dark horse in the industry, aren't you? People, people are sleeping on Zengo, right, a little bit, yeah, do you think? I think they were. I think things have shifted a lot in the last few months, to be honest with you. It started um, during the FTX collapse, where we saw a lot, like everyone, all self-custodial products saw this big wave of assets move um, from centralized exchanges to us. So, you know, I, I remember, you know, that week, a lot of my friends were like, oh my gosh, Ari, the industry, it's collapsing. Are you guys doing okay? And I'm like... <laughs> wait, this is one of the best weeks we have ever had in terms of like every single metric. Um, The reason why people were keeping assets on their exchanges is because they're afraid of self-custody. They're afraid of private keys, right? They're afraid of seed phrases getting lost and stolen. And so it made Zengo look really prescient in that moment um, because we support self-custody and you don't need to worry about a seed phrase. And so every time we have moments like that in the ecosystem, more and more people are starting to recognize MPC, right, as a different self-custodial primitive that needs to be paid attention to more and used. Um, and I think, you know, every time, again, what we're, what we're seeing happening with Ledger, people are asking questions um, and we're ready to speak, right? We're ready to share our perspective. And like I said earlier, right, like maybe some people won't want to use our system. I recognize some people don't like the idea of relying on a wallet where, you know, half of the, the wallet requires the Zengo server to support a transaction. They want to rely only on themselves. But then I think they've realized that even with a hardware wallet, you're relying on a company, right? There is reliance in these systems. And so you should, as a user, you know, understand what are the different trade-offs you're adopting no matter what you end up doing. Well, uh, the, the weird thing is when, I, when I'm listening and I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about the AWS uh, outages that we saw like end of 2021, I think it was, and then we saw them again in 2022. And how many, uh, how many sorry about the noise, how many uh, blockchains uh, that kind of like took down at the time? <laughs> like, I, I, people are not probably thinking on a more like grand level when it comes to this. Ari, I want to know when Zengo is going to be the default crypto wallet on mobile uh, production uh, phones like like okay so when I buy a phone and a new Android 
I might have like Dropbox. It's like the mm. default storage that's already pre-installed. Like, when is Zengo going to be there, the pre-installed app on mobile phone? <laughs> where, where, I, come on. I, I want to know that too. <laughs> no, what, here, what I, what I can share is, like, we, we covered a lot of Zengo basics today, which I think for most of the listeners is all very new, right? So first of all, I welcome people to, like, just check us out, right? Zengo is free, right? Download Zengo, check it out, go to our website. We have a lot of information. We have a very comprehensive blog as well, zengo.com slash blog with our security team and research that they're doing. Um, but this is just the beginning of Zenko. And um, I can give you like a little bit of alpha right now. <laughs> you know, MPC allows for us to build deeper levels of security and self-custodial features that we haven't yet, but that we're working on right now. Um, I'll kind of explain it as like account abstraction, all the, all the hype around account abstraction, but on steroids. And it's not like an idea. It's actually something that we can launch and bring live very soon. So in the next two, I would say one to four, one to three months, over this quarter, next quarter, Zengo is going to be unveiling um, a few really cool features um, that do not exist anywhere in the industry that only Zengo can do because of the way our MPC architecture is built. Um, so I'm super excited about this space. I think we're gonna start to see a lot more conversations around it um, because this is really going to push the entire industry forward. Oh, dude, I love it. I, I, I really love it. And uh, you know, just, just a little, tiny, tiny little bit of feedback, Ari, as well. Someone like me, I'm a, I'm a bit older, I'm 46, by the way. And my eyes are starting to really go bad, you know. You you want a dark mode, don't you? <laughs> oh, I oh, dude, I, I love the background. My the background is funky, but yeah, man, I've got. To, if I don't have dark mode, I've got to turn the brightness down, you know. <laughs> so, Living in Thailand, I'm up so, and down with brightness all day, you know. Well, let me tell you, as as part of, of the launch of all these features, we're actually going to be. I wouldn't say rebranding, um, but restructuring some of the look and feel of our application that does a better job to surface um, and help like you and me, users, understand all of the deep security and technology that's just happening underneath. I think this is actually something that we, that we did poorly. Like We over-abstracted, we over-simplified the user experience where it seems too simple to, be that, to really be that secure. And so we're spending some time making sure that you, know, you get it, you recognize how secure the system really works, right? How the MPC system works. Um, and as part of that, there are going to be some new color options. And as part of that, there might even be something like dark mode. So <laughs> you have something to look forward to. Well, Ari, to be honest with you, uh, I did I have all my notes. Uh, Bruce, just before I, I mentioned about what's in the notes, because uh, it is about developments. Is there any like uh, core infrastructure stuff, Brucey, that you missed that you didn't pick up on or you might have a question or a query about bro no you just fire away bro man you guys are vibing hardcore i <laughs> <laughs> you enjoying it bruce is it okay tonight absolutely absolutely man brilliant uh there were two things and i, I the first one obviously i'm going to mention uh would be ibc integration so Ari, we do come originally, even though we're branching out these days with uh, the media organization, we do originally come from like the, the uh, Atom kind of Cosmos IBC uh, mm. ego 
there's like a lot of chains connected up. I do know it's a minefield, but also I noticed that at the minute there's no support for uh, ZK uh, roll-up chains. Mm-hmm. So like when I was looking at this and I'm thinking about future growth and where the industries are going right now, I was just thinking, oh, well, is this in the pipeline? You know, uh, ZK especially, probably more than IBC because there's a lot of volume over there and Arbitrum, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you guys looking at integration-wise in the next, like, kind of steps of your roadmap? Are any of yeah. those things in there? That's an excellent question. And so I, I say, I'll, I'll say two things. One of the things that we've actually been doing a lot in the last uh, few quarters is a ton of infrastructure upgrades on the back end that will allow for us to be even more nimble when we want to add or subtract different parts of uh, like feature offerings in the future, which we're really excited about, um, like layer two support in different ways. Um, but I would also say as part of that, and this is like one of our design and security ethos, is we're not ever trying to be the first. <laughs> our goal is to do something when we're ready and to do it right. Um, and you know, maybe you can apply that to like different tokens that we might choose to support or not to support. Um, but specifically when it comes to different blockchains, whether that's you know a, a layer one or a layer two or something else, we want to make sure that it's clear that adoption is moving in that direction and that we can then build it into our system in a way that allows for us to um, guarantee the type of support and security that's part of every other blockchain already in the system, right? Like if we bring on layer twos, I want to make sure that ClearSign can apply to those layer twos, right? The Web3 firewall is going to be in those layer twos. So we recently just uh, announced support and we recently just supported Polygon. And we did that in a way that once we supported it, right, it is fully integrated into the app. And so you can do anything that you would need to. And and there are even parts of this that might not even be obvious, right? So we have a decentralized exchange um, integrated into the app. Uh, We work with Changely that allows a user to move money from Bitcoin to Ethereum. But now, right, from Bitcoin to Polygon, right? So being able to support something like that is really critical from a user experience perspective. And so we want to make sure that not just we are, but our infrastructure partners are ready to support whatever we choose to bring on as well. So like, there's no no as a response, right? I'm not going to say no to supporting things in the future. And I think clearly layer twos are going to be part of Zengo. It's just a matter of when and how we choose to prioritize those. Uh, Ari, are you a company that prefers to walk before you try to run? That's what I'm getting from you guys. Yeah. yeah. You prefer to be nice That's- and stable on your legs before you want to run, right? Yeah, the only thing that we're going to do first is things that we can do better than everyone else and where it's worth really spending the time to design and scope and research and double check um, because the industry so desperately needs it. Of course, we want to support you know, every block. We, we want a user to be able to put all of their assets in Zengo and secure them there. right? And, and so I've heard many times from people who say, hey, like I love Zengo. I use Zengo for my Bitcoin, my, you know, all of these assets, but what do I do about these coins and that stuff? Uh, we understand that. I, I, I respect that too. It's just a matter of doing it in an organized, like strategic way that makes sense for what's best for Zengo and the security that it doesn't just provide now, but it will continue to in the future.
Man, I tell you what, Ollie, you've been a, a pleasure tonight, mind. Uh, Bruce, talk about passing the sniff test, yeah, Bruce? I mean, I surprised Ollie's Ari. I was like, you'd better get ready. I've, I've asked Engo and Ari to come on, and they're like, what? What are you talking about? Bruce, passing the sniff test tonight, or what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sounds like a quality product, and sounds like they really, really, really know what they're doing, man. It's not, it sounds like a unique project. The difference is it's quite like a, a unique, like, I mean, obviously you heard Ari say it's not unique in regards to like the enterprise, like commercial side of things, you know, but in regards to retail, it's like quite unique, right? Sounds like it. I'm not, yeah, I, I, I'm not very much into ledgers and firmware wallets. But uh, <laughs> I love just, how you're calling it fact- firmware wallets. <laughs> Yeah, bro, I, I'm listening. I'm listening. It's part of my job, right? <laughs> I love that. It is. We're, we're going to refer to them as firmware wallets from now on, though, Ari, right? Awesome. All of us, yeah. Awesome. Uh, dude, I mean, we are going to cover like everything, Ari, if you've got a little bit of time. The only thing I'm going to mention, Ari, is we always ask about this. You mentioned about razors earlier. We know about VCs. We know about, like, good VCs and, like, you know, the VCs that have failed in standard like venture capital and come over to crypto because it's the Wild West. Mm. Uh, are you guys pretty comfortable with your investors? There's no kind of uh, pressure on you guys to be. I mean, I do know you're obviously monetizing uh, with the crypto. I mean, I presume you're monetizing with the crypto uh, on ramp earn and swaps. Mm-hmm. I support. I presume well, you have to be. I mean, uh, unless you're getting huge grants from foundations, you've got to be monetizing somewhere. But yeah. has there been any kind of VC pressure on you guys, or are you being allowed to just go at your own pace? Yeah, that's such an excellent question. And you, I think you, there are like three different answers for this question. So I'll do each of them very quickly, and then you know we I can expand out on the if you'd like. Um, first, yes, we're very comfortable. We have really excellent VC partners um, and like board members that see eye to eye with the vision that we are committed to, right? And it's not just about now, it's about, like I said, two years, three years, five years, 10 years from now. Um, our, our founders are not new to crypto. They've seen crypto winters before, right? So we knew already before this crypto winter hit, the marketing team, right? We're going to lower the budget that we're putting on advertisements and things like that. Cause we wanna just be really responsible about how we deploy our capital so we can focus on really building the best product of the, the, that the market really needs. And we're not stressed when it comes to that. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. The second thing is we're going to be as part of the, the premium features that I kind of noted before, be doing, I think, another industry first um, in a month or two from now. I can't really say more than that, but there are ways to make money as a company where you're aligned with your user base as opposed to antagonistic with them. Now, what do I mean by that? Right now, most wallets make money antagonistically, right? If, if somebody is going to buy crypto through a wallet and there's a fee, that fee either goes to the company or the fee goes down and the user gets more crypto, right? It's a, it's a very clear you know, one person wins, somebody else loses. But there are other ways to monetize where you're really providing additional value for a user and the user wants to end up paying for it. Um, and so we're, we're going to uh, be unveiling something very cool in the near future. And I won't say more right now, 
Um, but I'm really excited about it. And the last thing um, is, let's say worst case, Zango ends as a company. Like, you know, companies close and that's a legitimate fear that people have. And so Zango and our founders and our, our team way in 2019 actually created a system called Guaranteed Access. And it built, you know, there's a blog. You can find it on zango.com slash security. It goes into detail where even if Zango were to close as a business, you would still be able to get access to your assets and be able to move them to another wallet. It's like kind of complicated. It's actually really brilliant. Um, there's long story short, a, a system that will automatically push to your phone in this exceptional situation, um, full access to your, to your wallet. Basically we would, we would compute the two, um, secret shares. We'd let them come together. It would turn into a private key and you would be able to export this private key from your phone, um, onto another wallet. Um, this system would automatically happen if Zengo were to close and not do what it was necessary in order to prove that it was still operating. So we have like a quarterly attestation that we have to send from our attorney to an escrow company saying Zengo is healthy and it's going to be around and it's good to go. And if that doesn't happen, then it will actually force this process to start. So like they were even thinking at this level of detail. Um, as we were building out the company from the beginning. So check it out if you're interested. It's called Guaranteed Access. We're the first company, the first self-custodial company to build something like this. And actually, I think Ledger uh, was inspired by some of the things that we did um, and, and maybe took some ideas from us when they were building their recovery feature. I'm so happy you've come on tonight. And uh... The, the team are like, oh, Robbo, you know, we're packed and what you're doing. And this is like two in one day. You know, we've got a uh, DeFi Dons down there. We've got Rec Raffle in uh, oh, 40 minutes or something. And we're like, Ari, I couldn't be happier. Like, you've really come on here, dude, and, and made our day like a lot brighter. Uh, Bruce, you're, you're the... Bruce, you're the kind of sentimental, like, emotional one. I'm just really happy this space has happened, Bruce. Even though I put you guys under pressure and you had to help me out with the host and Bruce, yeah? Are you happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good space, man. Ari knows what he what he's talking about, and as you said, it's it's a unique product. But until until this stuff with Ledger in uh, uh, the firmware, a lot of this was under the carpet, or people like Ari and Zen Gordon knew all about this like for a long time. But you know, they're not going to come out publicly and badmouth people, and you know, you've got to wait for people to like hang themselves in public. But I just think now with what's happened with Ledger. And who knows what's going on? You've just seen MetaMask change their uh, T's and C's now. Mm, and we're hearing about yeah. all sorts of... I mean, Ari, can you talk about any pressure? I know you have to be careful being a citizen. Can you talk about any pressure from like the, the US government or the State Department on, on wallets to be like complying with like the IRS? And Because I'm hearing a lot of like crazy things. I mean, MetaMask have just changed their T's and C's, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Look, I think that's... I think if you're in the centralized world, like right, if you operate if you operate in centralized crypto, it's difficult right now, especially in the United States. Um, you know, Coinbase has been very clear, right? They're they're like facing it from the SEC on multiple fronts. They're facing it in other ways too. It's really like as a former diplomat and as somebody who cares about like the long term economic, you know, 
stability of the United States. It's really disillusioning for me as a, you know, just as a person to see, um, because what it means is technology is going to go to other places. This is a global technology. It doesn't need to be created in the U.S. It can go anywhere. Um, but I'm sure we've all heard that saying, right? First, they ignore us. Then they fight us. Or no, I don't know. That is the four steps, right? It's first they ignore us. And then they join us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they join us. Right. Then they, then they fight us and they join us, right? So I think we're, look, we're in the, we're in the, the, the them starting to fight. And um, I know what we're focused on is just keeping our heads down and shipping an awesome product. And um, there are a lot of people who really, believe in what we're doing. A lot of other tech leaders who do, who aren't very public about it. That's actually one of my challenges. I'm trying to think of a way to, to, to surface how many really respected crypto folks like Zengo and use Zengo, because uh, they tell us quietly. Um, but like, I want to turn that into a campaign, right? But I, I, it's hard to do. Right? At the end of the day, you do what your trusted friends do, right? And if I could get some sort of campaign out that <laughs> puts these people on pictures, I would, I would do that. It's just a matter of prioritizing that on my on my list of things to do. Um, so look, it's just a matter of well, time. We're big, we're big fans. We're big fans. We'll we'll probably put out a medium about this interview, like a, a TL. Uh, D a TLDL kind of uh, thing. Uh, we might put one out in the next couple of days because I've been messing around with some software to be able to help. But Ari, I'm a big fan, big big fan. Uh, dude, I would love to like in the future, love to get like you maybe and uh, like one of your tech guys or something on because we've got a couple of tech nerds as well, you know that are in the yeah. validate board and blah blah blah. It will be nice, like you know, in the future when you guys Absolutely. have dropped some new stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would, you know, I would every, love to have you back on. Every month or two, we usually find some big um, <laughs> vulnerability in some system, and then we'll do a paper about it. And the research team, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to uh, bring somebody from the research team to to talk in more detail on the tech and cryptographic side on like what we discovered and why it matters and how it works. Oh, bro! Like I say, as soon as I saw Tel Aviv, I was like, yeah. These guys are not fucking around, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, I know where the real shit occurs, you know. Uh, Ari, thank you, thanks for the opportunity. It's been it's, you, you, really excellent questions. It's a great audience, dude. The we can only we can only ever be as good as a guest allows us. Trust me, Bruce. I'll tell you, you get some guests come on, and oh my god, Ari. I mean, they want to interview you. They want pre. I mean, you feel like you're getting married to them. It's like, dude, we're not signing up for a prenup. These guys, like, they're like, oh, can we have a 45-minute Zoom call so we can pre-screen you? I'm like, dude, like, it's not a prenup, you know? Come yeah, on, it's get like, with the program. Just, like, people just need to have conversations and just talk about this stuff. Like, that's, that's what this is about, and that's where it starts. Exactly, exactly. Bruce, have you got any uh, questions or anything for Ari before we wrap this up tonight? Because I'm, I'm proper happy buzzing with this tonight. It's been perfect, exactly what I imagined. Got anything, Bruce? Uh, not really. I'm just wishing them the best of luck. And uh, bro, I wish I could crack. I could get that bounty. That would be awesome. <laughs> Let me know if you get anywhere with it. Send me a DM. <laughs> uh, I will. I will. But like, but Ari, what if somebody cracks it and they don't go for the bounty, but they go for the big heist? So look, if somebody was able to um, crack any part of this system. 
Um, look, so, and then uh, it's a complicated question, right? The worst case that could happen is they would manage, I don't even know how they would do it, right? But it would, they would have to target you directly, and then they would have to get access to all of your, all parts of your, your, your system, right? So like, they would have to know who you are, they'd have to find you, they'd have to uh, get access to your email address, and to your recovery kit, um, and to, to 3D face lock. So I think, um, look, anything is possible, right? Every system uh, has its pluses and minuses, right? There is no perfect system. Um, so, I mean, it's difficult to answer in theoreticals, but then again, I'll just go back to the fact that, you know, we've been around for already five years. We have nearly a million users. And um, not once has somebody successfully managed to to steal or to hack. And and we pay people to do it, right? We do penetration testing. We have, I think we've done five audits now since the company was started. And that's not including the external audits, right? Like the Certic one where they really tried to test us. They were like, they're, they're a brilliant team. They did an excellent job. But like they walked away from it saying that even if there was a zero day attack, on your mobile device, Zengo is the only type of crypto wallet that would protect you from getting your assets drained, right? Because if you have any other wallet with a seed phrase, it's, it's game over, right? There's nothing you can do. So I, I think it's, I'm really proud of what the team has built. Um, and like I said, we're going to be adding even more things in the future. But hey, if you can figure it out, let me know. $600,000. <laughs> Uh, take a, take all of us out for a nice beer. <laughs> I most definitely will, but I'm not a dev. I'm not a hacker, bro. I don't think it can. But 600k is always sounds always nice, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say, like, look, this type of is just used by us, right? It's used by some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, so somebody who's able to hack this was really able to access a lot of things. There's probably a significant amount of interest by big players um, to get through because then you're 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 gonna you would likely get access to bounties in centralized institutions that equal tens of hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars. So like this is the type of tech that is um, also supporting your Zengo wallet, which is pretty pretty damn cool. <laughs> That is pretty damn cool. Thanks for that answer. Yeah, Robo, you have anything to add? Uh, no, dude. I just want to say, like, little fanboy moment. What a great night. And I really appreciate, like, Ari just saying, yeah, guys, I'll, I'll come on. Like, yeah, sign me up. Come on. And, and it's just, like, such short notice as well. It's Ari, that's the kind of thing where people look at your organization and say, yeah, these are chads. So, yeah, dude, thank you <laughs> for just being like, yeah, let's go, you know? My pleasure. It's been a really great discussion. Really appreciated, like the chance to have a good conversation. You, really, um, it's not always that I get to talk to somebody who's done a lot of good research, who has really insightful questions. So, like, keep on doing what you guys are doing too. This is a real benefit to to your audience. Okay, Azari, we appreciate it, mate, and we appreciate you, and and literally all the best for you and Zengo. I'll be keeping a close eye on you, and more importantly, I'm going to be transferring my uh, uh, Polygon NFTs over to the wallet later, just so I can look at them. I've got a few uh, trippy wolves and a couple of others, so I'm going to transfer awesome. them over. Let me then go and, and just sit and look at them in there, right? Well, congratulations. Yeah. You've just unlocked the most secure wallet. <laughs>
Oh, dude, I'm looking forward to it. It was, it was such a pleasure to use. So, like I say, anyone who's used facial recognition on Binance or QCoin knows how painful it is. This was just like so simple and easy. It took like less than 10 seconds, you know. Okay. Just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, Ari, and people like us will find you eventually, yeah? Thank but you. Take care, brother, you know. Thanks, friends. Have a great day. Have a great night, wherever you are. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah, in Bangkok, like dude. It's always a great night in Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever over here, Ari, make sure you hook me up, okay? Make sure oh, you yeah. give me a ring, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no problem. Right, take care, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything tonight, right? Wishes all the best, yeah? Bye-bye, Cap. Bye-bye, guys. Have a nice one. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny, community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose, sticking with my armory, yam beta. And Bruce, repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it really worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, the shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat, now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost, it might cost us, a us a lot more than, than what can be gained game. by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Hello. Good morning, Beavens. That's perfect. Oh my awesome. gosh, isn't that? It's so weird. It's like, I don't know. It almost felt like karma or something. It just wasn't working right. Mm. Yeah, I had to make a new one. Seems like it cleared it. Hopefully we can get the guest of honor up. Oh my God! Welcome up. Good hey, morning. Hey. <laughs> Can you hear me? Loud and clear, brother. Wow, gosh! <laughs> Great to be here. I, I've run spaces before, and it's always frustrating when it seems 
to rug you at the beginning. So uh, good job pushing forward. And I'm glad that <laughs> we finally made it work. Yeah. So have you tried this before when we're where speakers just get booted out of the space as soon as they accept the invite. It's crazy. I, I haven't had that exact experience, but um, it can get very strange. You know, I, I have long-term faith and hope in Twitter, but sometimes <laughs> it can not work as expected. Uh, the, the last couple of months have been very, very, let's say, exciting. Yes, that's a great word. For the Twitter platform. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning. I don't know what time zone you're in, Ari. Thanks. I'm I'm originally from Chicago, so it would be good morning. But right now, I'm actually based in Tel Aviv, so it is, I guess, good afternoon. It's around four o'clock my time. Well, good afternoon then. Thank you to you as well, and to everyone. Thank you, and I just I just want to welcome B Benz and Robo. Good morning. As well. So today we're going to talk about. A little about you, Ari. We're going to talk about Senko Wallet, and it's a ledger, right? So, I, yeah, I was, I, I just received a note with your name. That's, that's, that's me, Brucey. I'm going to pick that up. I'm literally about to get off the shuttle bus in two seconds, and I'll be home, right? It's awesome, bro. No worries. Yeah, just get a little bit of background on uh, Ari and how we met the team and stuff, you know, and then I'll dive into some tech stuff in a minute. Perfect, perfect. Hello, Ari, by the way. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. Ten spaces. 